Jackie and I, we just go through the list and you have to see our hit list of like beers and breweries that we need to taste and visit. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to take the rest of our life. But yeah, that try. coolest taproom category. I think we saved uh, every entry to our desktop. Like, okay, here's the bucket list. <laughs> right. That's it. That's exactly how yeah, you do that. Yeah, that ambiance of the brewery and that that's huge. I mean, that's a huge part of the experience. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast. What are we talking about this week? This week, actually, is something a little bit different. We're actually talking, and we're talking still about craft beer. I was going to say, we're not talking about beer? No, of course we're talking about beer. <laughs> That's what we do. Beer. Everything's the world, the universe centers around craft beer. Okay, but what are we talking about? today's show. <laughs> it does. So today's show is about the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Yes, there's an award show for everything, and but believe it or not, there wasn't anything recognizing craft beer marketing as of about three years ago or so. There wasn't such a thing. But, but uh, Jim and Jackie started an awards show because everything in beer gets an award. I mean, the Great American Beer Festival is one of the most prestigious awards for brewers for their beer itself. The actual beer that you get to and taste and drink. And the World Beer Cup is another one that gets actually for the beer itself. And, you know, the brewers get recognized. The beer gets recognized. Brewers guilds have A lot of things get recognized. Awards but for not beer. the people who come up with what makes you decide to drink that beer. You know, I mean, a lot of times... You know, you know what beer you want to drink, but what happens when you're trying to choose a beer to drink and you've got 15 beers on the shelf that you're looking at and you've narrowed it down to three or four. And then what makes you pick the one out of those three or four if you're well, just picking one? Not the design. You're not supposed to judge a book by <laughs> its cover. Well, of course you do. Sometimes, of course you do. Though. I mean, that's what draws you in or a tap room. You know, I mean, what draws you into that tap room? Is the just thought because of... it says beer outside but... or because it looks like there's a backyard with trees over it and you see a dog run out there or you and it's a thought of good beer that it's a thought of good beer that initially draws you in but then yeah and then it gets you there with the ambiance and beauty of it for example to throw in some beer and breweries places that we've been to because we're just in austin like jester king is definitely a place that has this complete ambiance and then the other place that we went had this huge like dog park in the brewery and a kid park well yeah (laughs) what was that at uh, Beerberg. Beerberg, yeah, so it's perfect. Beerberg is just up the road from Jester King, so highly recommend both places. But we were joking that you Boston. could take your kids and put them in one fenced area, and you could take your dogs and put them in another fenced area, and then you can sit at a table and drink the beer, and your kids and your dogs are safe, and you can drink the beer. Like, <laughs> doesn't that type of cool. marketing deserve an award? It is, yeah, <laughs> and it is a kind of marketing. It's it's because you know people talk about being in a brewery all the time, and like one of the great things is being able to take your kids to a brewery if yeah. you have kids. And one of the things that a lot of people hate when they go to a brewery is that there's kids because <laughs> sometimes they're running around and just like, and some people aren't cool with that. So wait, are we but talking about kids or marketing? Both. Okay. <laughs> but like, it's a great marketing shtick and it's not even a shtick. It's just a way of doing business to have an area that kids can enjoy themselves and run around and get their energy out like that without 
you know, necessarily getting all over somebody else who's just there to have a beer yeah. and hang out with their buds and or whatever, you know. So so, but the CBMAs, that kind of cool. yeah, but the CBMAs are are, are like um, focusing on that. They're focusing on the really cool tap rooms and they're focusing on the cool videos and they're focusing on the cool marketing campaigns and on the cool and label labels design and the things um, you would think of and a lot of things you don't think of like that. Like, yeah like taproom design i mean that's a that's a legitimate thing that's a marketing tool because a lot of times you know we've talked about it a lot the beer is your ticket to entry it's it's what gets you going good beer is great right i mean but when you think of a place you go a brewery that really sticks out in your mind it's like gosh i gotta go back there i need to go back to this place and it yeah it's probably because they have good beer but it's also because you had a good time there and that probably had something to do with more than the beer. It probably had to do with the people you were with. It was the way the place was laid out, the way it made you feel when you were sitting in the tap room or out back behind the tap room. You know, all these things add up to an amazing experience. And so why not recognize that? And that's what the CBMAs are doing more is recognizing the art behind the beer. And most of us, like craft beer lovers or even what I'm hearing more and more now, craft liquid lovers. <laughs> yeah. Realize that there's so much more than just the beer and there, there's an interest in learning all about that. So there's more and more of an interest out there in the world today about just about not just drinking the beer. There's that interest of oh, learning yeah. how it's awarded. There's the interest of learning like how it's made. There's the interest of learning who's behind it and the stories. And that's what's really cool that we got to talk to Jim and Jackie on how they created this awards because it was it came from their love of beer. And like why we're actually in Austin right now as well. Yes, we have friends that we always want to see, but that is coming from our love of beer because we're in Austin right now for... For Beer Now, which is a, a craft beer journalism conference. Believe it or not, there's conferences for everything too. And we're here to try and get better at what we do, you know, from po our podcast to our website and, and the marketing we do for other companies and things like that. So And we... Sorry, ah, I'm sorry, but we're also there out, to man. help Chill. others. We're also at Beer Now to help others get better at what they do because we're That's presenting. True. And by the time this podcast comes out, we'll either be in the middle of Beer Now Conference, having a lot of fun, drinking a lot of beer, learning a lot about writing and videoing and all that about beer. But, but no more. We'll probably be recovering from recovering. a week of but a wonderful conference. I but. told I'm, I'm getting very terrible at interrupting Kenny because he probably had a train of thought going where I was going before I got derailed, my train got shoved off the tracks. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's kind of a natural progression for a lot of crap people that are into craft things. And our thing is beer and spirits and wine and things like that. Mostly the beer, but you know, when you first jump into beer, you, you like it and you taste it and you, you think it tastes great. And then you start going, Oh, what, what's that taste? And you start learning, why it tastes the way it tastes or you start just you know learning all the things behind the beer then you learn about the people that make the beer and then you start learning it's just a natural progression you want to know more i think humans in by nature are just we always want to learn more most i think most people are that way it's just what you're interested in and then you want to learn more about whatever it is you're interested in so you keep going further and further down the rabbit hole and this is just one more progression of that it's like i want to learn how the beer was made. I want to learn who made the beer. I want to learn where it comes from. I want to learn who put it out there, how they, why did you, why did I pick up this beer off the shelf and not that beer over there? That's kind of what this tells you a little bit is like, 
you know, the, the people behind marketing are sometimes the ones that get you to pick up and try a certain beer because they put a, they maybe came up with a specific message or a color palette or a combination of all these things that make you interested or not make you interested, but catch your eye and, and get you to go, huh, I want to know more. And it's pretty cool because Jackie and Jim are craft beer geeks too, just like us. I mean, they, they'll tell you more on, on the podcast about how they got started in beer and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, they truly are. They're not just professionals who know how to market things. They truly love craft beer too. And, and they're geeks about it just like we are. Cool. Should we let them talk about it? We probably should. Cause otherwise I'm just going to ramble on forever and keep talking about everything life okay the metaverse but with that i think here are jim and jackie of the craft beer marketing awards we're here with jim McCune and jackie debella from the craft beer marketing awards and we're excited to hear a lot more about that and what it actually is and just to talk beer like we usually do um but i'm going to kind of turn it over to you guys and first of all maybe just tell us who you are and however you decide to keep it going let us know what this craft beer marketing awards thing is about Yes, yeah, sure. I'm Jim McCune. I'm one of the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. I'm Jackie Devella, also the other co-founder of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Story goes, Jackie and I have been in um, craft beer marketing for years, and we have been to so many of the craft beer tasting events, and the brewers and the people involved, you know, purchasing the ingredients, and they all got recognition. Um for their part of making the beer. And Jackie and I were like, when do we get our like recognition? <laughs> <There's> our trophy. <laughs> so, you know, there's the whole other side of the people who package the beer and sell the beer. So we just went and Googled it because we had some great work that year that we wanted to enter. And to our surprise, it didn't exist. So yeah. uh, we decided, Jackie will, you know, fill you in from there. But we decided, I think it was 2019, to build this for the first in the world. Yeah. So our whole idea was to award everything but the liquid. So any piece that helps sell the beer, get the beer's name out there, get that exciting feeling going out, um, is stuff that we look at. So everything from tap room to obviously labels, website, social media, anything that helps sell that beer, um, we work with. And yeah, like Jim said, our first year for awards was 2019 into 2020. So um, unfortunately, we didn't have our live ceremony um, for the last two years. That was all virtual, but we're hoping for 2022, we will be in person and um, awarding everybody. It was awesome to see people at CBC in September, um, got to give high fives and hugs and congratulate everybody who we hadn't seen in person yet. No, that's pretty cool. Cause I mean, like you guys said, there is a lot of recognition in beer for the beer itself and for the brewers and people like that. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we go into a liquor store or go even into a brewery or whatever, and it's like, you're trying to narrow down which beer you want to take home with you. There's gotta be something. I mean, a lot of times we know we want this beer or that beer, but when you're us geeks that are going looking for something new, something different, and there's, you know, 35 IPAs on the shelf. It's like, yeah, you may narrow it down to two or three or four, but then what, what makes you take it home from there? And I, I would definitely say that, you know, the packaging definitely gets there for me a lot of times. Cause it's like, okay, these three look all great. Which one do I want? 
that one looks really cool. So, and when it's when you say it looks really cool, that's because of the packaging. I was sorry. I was just going to say what you're talking about there. We always say is where the rubber hits the road, and it's the packaging and the tap handle and the things that um, the customer gets to see right there at the store. When we always say to ourselves, no matter what it is, like don't judge a book by its cover. And as human beings, like we all you can <laughs> you can say that you're not going to do that, but we all do that with whatever it is. That's usually your first impression. And so when that artwork hits you at a liquor store, or even even just the names, honestly, at a brewery too, yeah. that's going to bring you in. I don't know how I do you guys how do you guys choose a I love, like you just said, the name. I love a good funny name or a punny name, something that like catches my attention. Um, or, you know, just, I like the the clean looking labels. I'm not into all the crazy, like, you know, kind of airbrush stuff people are doing and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I, I like a name. I'm big on that. How about you, Jim? We call it the war at the cooler door because... When you open up that um, refrigerator and you're going to pick a beer, there is so much to choose from nowadays that we always tell our clients, if they open up that cooler door and they pick your beer, that's because we did a great design. But if they come back and they buy your beer again, that's because you make great beer. So, uh, I, I mean, for me personally, I love the nostalgic stuff that's really become very popular. That's why we have it as a category in the CBMAs. But I love anything that sort of taps into those fond childhood memories. Um, we've seen some crazy ones with dinosaurs, with roller skates and Sony Walkmans and ring pops and, you know, all the things we loved as kids. And I love seeing that now as well. That's cool. Speaking of categories, unless you had another question. Um, well, I did have a I did have kind of a comment to make there uh, because um, like you spoke to names, Jackie, and uh, I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of brewers that get started out there are just home brewers who become professionals. And it's like, then they have to suddenly do everything, mm -hmm. you know, and they become, they're the head janitor, the brewer, they're, they're running their finances, they're doing the marketing, everything. And it's like, not everybody's good at all those different things. And, you know, you see that a lot of times in the way people name beers. And I think it's a really important area not just to come up with something funny and marketing wise um that's one area but another area is brewers that um maybe come up with a beer and it doesn't fall in a great style category specifically and i think that becomes a very important area where how you name your beer makes a huge difference because that sets an expectation for the customer too mm -hmm, for sure but um yeah i think the, the naming is huge and so what kind of I think where April's going, maybe I can pass it back to you, but um, some of the categories. Yeah, you mentioned categories, Jim. So you have several different categories from what we were looking through for the awards. One thing that you mentioned is like a lot of breweries do their own work. And I think unlike a lot of other industries, um, you have small, mid-sized and large breweries. And so you'll have breweries, you'll have them, uh, some working with ad agencies, illustrators, uh, marketing partners. So we invite all of them to just enter their top work to compete. So the categories then are like artwork. You guys are talking about a little bit on the earlier tap rooms. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we have over 40 categories this year. Um, and a lot of them, some were added based on feedback we've gotten in the past two years. Um, so that's pretty cool too. It's stuff people were looking for. Um, you know, we've got everything. We've got beer related podcasts. 
Um, this year we've got best guerrilla marketing campaign, unique flight presentation. That's always a popular category, how people show off their flights. Um, everything from use of social media to merchandise, sustainability efforts, um, all of that kind of stuff. And then the obvious ones, you know, can labels, bottle design, crawlers, that kind of thing. Website video and really evolved over the time because we took a lot of feedback from past entrants and judges and uh, we, we've updated it to, to match the times and added some really exciting new ones this year um, as far as like human rights and oh. uh, collaborations. What are um, some of the more um, unique or kind of surprising categories that you didn't have initially that people made suggestions from that? You were like, wow, I never thought of that. And that's like brilliant. I mean, you know, when we started this non-alcoholic craft beverage wasn't as big as it is now. So we never really thought we'd have that. Um, 2020 sprung us into the human rights area. We had a pandemic marketing category, something we never thought we would have. Um, so, you know, we've kind of had to pivot along with everyone else and, and add that kind of stuff. But, you know, we've even had um, people request to put their beer release calendars in there because people spend a lot of time on that. Um, so those kind of things are, you know, things that may be obvious to us that we do, but didn't think we needed a category for. And we had to be like very flexible because we did really well the first year. So we decided, why don't we open this up to the whole world? So last year, our second year, we went global with the CBMAs. But like you said, we've evolved over time with things like adding crawlers and beer murals. And we now accept uh, hard seltzer and mead and cider. Well, that makes a lot of sense, too, though, because if you look at something like the World Beer Cup or, or the GABF competitions and stuff that um, they have like tons of categories for the different styles of beer. So it makes sense that there's got to be a lot of different ways to market those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely in the craft beer ecosphere. So we want, you know, it's definitely highly related as most breweries now um, are offering seltzer or um, some have offerings, you know, as far as mead and, and also cider. So we thought it was important to include them and uh, they have their own categories now. So how you've had two awards ceremonies or one? We two. had two award programs. Yes. Yeah. So 2020 and 2021. Uh, and they were both virtual. Okay. okay. And then so have you in those two years at the and that's really hard to kind of judge anything because of the pandemic and yeah. all that. But in those two years, have you had like any surprising winners where something like you were expecting one to be probably the winner, but then it completely flipped on its head? I mean, I think one of our most surprising things is that the little tiny brewers are beating out some of the bigger guys. You know, I'm not going to drop any names, but a small guy in, you know, Louisiana is beating out a pretty big you know, uh, Missouri brewery kind of thing. Yeah. And I think once we went global, it was really crazy to see some of our winners, um, South Africa and, uh, um, uh, New Zealand and Australia and UK, uh, all of these entries coming in from around the world and seeing the caliber of work, but also how it varies and how it's it's different in some ways than the U.S. So it's really cool to have this old school competitive shootout where they all get to, you know, enter their best work. And then our judges, which last year we had over 300, we're aiming for over 500 this year 
these are all professionals in the industry. Uh, they're located all around the world and they're critiquing this work. So, you know, they're humans and they like what they like. And it's really any given Sunday when you entered, uh, anyone can crush it. So that's the part I love about it. <laughs> so you mentioned I, the, you were just talking about how, like your judges and how you actually win. Um, so who, how do you do this? How do you decide or how is that decided if they're the lucky or I don't know, unlucky ones, because I don't know if I'd want to pick the winners out of all that. <laughs> But how do the judges come into play and how do you find the winners? I mean, Jackie and I created a proprietary uh, judges platform. That was probably one of the hardest parts about what we built with the CBMAs. And our judges have um, uh, a password protected login where they'll go into this platform and they're fed the entries and they get to see the work on one side. They get to read what the entrant wrote on the other side. And then they have a very simple, you know, question system. Each one has a numeric dropdown. So uh, each person's getting ranked, you know, very equally, all by numbers. And it, quite simply, whoever has the largest ranking moves to the top. Uh, Jackie could speak to a crazy anomaly that, you know, we never thought we'd see, but math, I guess, is math, but with ties. Yeah, we had a lot of ties last year. Um, on the gold level of things and a few, a few of the platinum ones, but um, again, it's big guys, little guys and everybody in between coming out on top, just because it's based on a numbers game. Um, so, you know, you have all these experts and as they're all getting shuffled around, you know, they're seeing all different types of work. They're not seeing every category, you know, each one will see two or three categories um, and judges, you know, one question we get asked a lot is, you know, can I enter my work if I am a judge? our system will push out their work to other judges. So they're not obviously judging their own work. Um, so it's cool. Everybody can take part and, and it's really interesting to see who comes out as a winner. So that said, do your judges like specialize in different areas of marketing the beer that they would judge different areas because that's their expertise or something like that? Some do request, um, like, you know, if, if they're a big video person, if they're a producer, they, they will request to see video, but we do like to just get the general feeling across the industry. Um, we'd prefer it that way as, you know, just, just a broad spectrum of, of numbered opinions at that point. So, sorry if I missed it or skipped it somehow, but, um, if, if someone like me or not really me, but like a brewer or someone who's just in the industry wants to become a judge, is that a possibility for them to reach out to you guys? Yeah, sure. They can reach out to info at craftbeermarketingawards.com. I think we, uh, we definitely have some slots left uh, to fill this year's panel. And, you know, we ask you some questions and uh, there's a little vetting process, but, you know, if we feel that you, you, we, you would help us and we, we could definitely uh, take you guys on and we look forward to meeting new people. And our judges are uh, really critical to the CBMAs because beyond just visually critiquing the entries, they also help support us along the way. They give us feedback um, and they're the professionals in the industry. So they're really helping us uh, push along and, and evolve. Being such a young awards show, you know, like good, the Great American Beer Festival, that's one of the gold standards for awards in beer, you know, over the day. And it's been decades, though that they've been around. So how has it been for you guys establishing credibility in the industry and 
has that been a tough thing to accomplish or does it seem like the industry was like really ready for something like this and really welcoming an award ceremony, especially how you put it together? They embraced us (laughs) big time, (laughs) which was really cool. Um, You know, we had a lot of friends in the industry who helped us out in the beginning to help kind of form what it could be. Um, You know, again, going back to CBC, we were just at in September you know, it was our first time having the awards in front of people for real. And we, you know, we kept saying we had kind of groupies. We had people coming up to us super excited um, to not only meet us because we've sort of interacted at a weird level, um, but also to talk about, you know, what category should they enter, what's coming this year. And then people who heard about us, super excited about it too. Um, so we've been embraced. I mean, I don't know if Jim wants to add to that, but we, people are excited and, and they were excited to have this opportunity. It, you know, it took us like a year to build it, like almost all of 2019. And we launched like literally right into the pandemic and the <laughs> pandemic didn't really affect our competition. Um, but, you know, it did it in some real ways. Some of our judges actually got sick. Uh, I think we had to delay maybe the deadline a couple of times, yeah. but other than that, um, you know, and, and the big, obviously horrible news that we had this beautiful red carpet booth set up and we were all ready to go out to San Antonio and and have our first award show. And when that got canceled and then obviously fast forward a year and then San Diego got canceled. So, you know, we, we were just over here doing our competition as always. We pivoted. We did a live broadcast of our full award ceremony where everybody was awarded their crushy live to the world. And, um, you know, that got better over time. Second year was really a lot of fun. First year, I think I was super nervous, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we're getting over those fears and getting better at, you know, doing all these things and having fun at it. That's cool. So Jim, you're brilliant at transitioning into these questions that I want to ask. So you mentioned crushy, like that's such a cool name and that's the trophy, correct? Correct. Yeah. Tell us, kind of a little bit about that or describe it for our listeners who don't really see it. Although we'll send them to the website so they can see it. Cause it's a really cool looking trophy. It was really important for us um, to make sure that not only were people in the industry being recognized, but also being awarded. So a great option for our crushy winners is to get uh, one of these crushy trophies, which is a hand heavily tattooed crushing a can, which is very symbolic of, breweries and you know how they're crushing it with their marketing and design work so we went after pretty much the best in the business it's the same uh, high-end boutique awards manufacturer that does the emmy awards and the mtv Moonman. so uh, our crushy trophy is, is a serious um statue so i'm uh, so i want to ask a question though so you have to there's an entry fee to get into the co- the competition, which isn't yep. a strange thing. I mean, people pay a good deal of money to get their beer into GABF. Um, right. So there's an entry fee to get into the competition for the CVMAs. But then also, I'm not sure how common this is or not, but I have a question about it. You also, yeah. if you want that trophy, have to pay to get the trophy. Yeah. yeah. So in the marketing world, that's extremely common. Um, you always have to pay for whatever you're taking home. The biggest reason why we had to do that is because of the investment within these trophies. Um, They are very expensive and custom made and engraved and all of that. And we're new. We're hoping that we can, you know, as we go along, figure out some sort of 
other solution to make it easier. But as of now, yeah, um, you know, that's, that's just important to keep this going, really. And we got that question a few times along the way, mainly from people who haven't really entered into award programs mm -hmm. before. Um, you'll see there are um, programs that do include the trophy, obviously not as nice as ours, but when you look at those fees, they're $500, yeah. $600. We knew it would be important for our breweries, especially the small and micro and nano uh, to have uh, an affordable entry fee. And the crushy is an option, but uh, yeah, we are working on some um, some other options this year for yeah, uh, yeah. if we well. included it in the entry fee it would exclude a lot of people from even having the opportunity so we figured if you win then you could pay that other piece um just so at least you have the chance mm -hmm. i mean i know for us like we won't go into a brewery and just judge it right away oh i don't see any awards i'm out yeah. um <laughs> but on the other hand if you're going into a brewery and you're excited to be there and you happen to see awards you're like hmm that's it just makes cool. you a little bit more intrigued. You're like, wow, look at all these. It's kind of cool. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's funny you say that because, you know, the trophy is just a, a, an add on. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of people do choose to, to get that. But it is understandable that not everyone um, can can get one as well. We also yeah, we ran out. out this year. It's we, we're trying to judge how many we need. It, and that's always hard. So, uh, you know, that's something that we're definitely working on. But the one thing that we are great at and it's very evident if you check out craft beer marketing, awards.com and click on our news section is we have an incredible PR team. And that's the one thing that, you know, we concentrate on is for our sponsors and partners and our winners is taking that information and getting it out into the media. So um, our program is only like six or eight months long, but we're getting media all year round, um, you know, at the tune of, I, I think this week, five or six, yeah amazing stories and they just keep coming in. So that's the one thing we really focus on is getting their name out there. Yeah. I mean, just things like this podcast, you know, that's one element that gets it out there and you're probably doing tons of podcasts, tons of interviews, all kinds of different ways to get the word out there. And, but I think that's a, that's a good thing. Cause that, that's a lot of give back to the people that pay money to enter. And I think for people that don't know, just beer fans out there that might be listening is when brewers enter into these competitions to have their beer judged, they do pay an entry fee on every beer. Like GABF is not a, an inexpensive thing to enter for brewers. So, so all these things, this is a normal way to help offset those costs of, of what the, what it takes to put such a massive competition together. Yeah, it's the competition and the PR and, you know, the website and all those pieces It you know, it's, it's just a normal business. And um, I, I think you see the caliber of media like Forbes and all of our brewing industry uh, papers and publications. And it's a good feeling when, when you get mentioned and you get listed and it always brings the consumer to seek that beer and seek that packaging and see, seek that tap handle or see that winning tap room. How do I nominate my favorite brewery? Unfortunately, we're not, we're not at a nomination point yet. Okay. Um, we have talked about that, but you can just kind of poke them to, to enter. I, we did try it the first year. We had a social media component where we had this secondary competition where we actually let the public make the final decision on a few. And it was fun, but it, it was logistically horrifying. It was a lot of work. <laughs> 
So in other words, it's like a lot of other, like the, uh, you know, other beer competitions and things you can, as a brewer or an owner right. or an artist or designer or marketer or whatever, you can nominate your work or you or can, you, yeah, enter, you enter, not nominate, enter you enter. Work. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So outside of the beer awards, how did you guys, I assume that both of you came from the marketing world initially. And how did you guys get so passionate about the craft beer side of marketing? Is that just something that you guys um, did as businesses for each yourselves? And then, or are you craft beer fans in the first place? Or how did this all come together for you each? I'm a lot older than Jackie. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the business for a while. I think I started my first craft beer project in 97, which was sketching a logo on a napkin, you know, for a friend who opened up a brewery and, you know, fast forward just 15 years later that they, they were one of the first ones to get purchased by AB InBev. So I, I come from a Hollywood marketing background and eight years ago, I decided, wow, you know, all this work I had done for my friend's brewery and they got so big, maybe I should go into craft brewing, you know, marketing full-time. And I remember calling my mom and saying, I'm quitting this amazing job that I've had for the last 17 years in Hollywood. And I'm going to be uh, going into craft beer marketing. <laughs> and it was silence for a couple of minutes, but uh, you know, it worked out and, I just started offering those same services uh, I was to them, yeah, to, to brewers across the country. And um, that led us me to meeting Jackie. And I think that was maybe five years ago, maybe more. Yeah, Time a does little bit fly. more now. I know it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, pandemic in there. <laughs> yeah. I've been in marketing for a little over 10 years now, but I think it was six or seven years ago now with um, when I met Jim, but he was working on a hops account that. I uh, was helping out on as well with some PR stuff. And I don't know, we just, we just kind of clicked and took off and, and grew our own little stuff, um, at, which led to a conversation again on a napkin in 2019. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what happens over a couple of beers. Yeah, <laughs> good or bad ideas. <laughs> So that was going to be my next question is like, do you guys both like to drink the beer? And that's, there's, <laughs> there's a good hint right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I basically joined into this, you know, hops account back then because I was like, Oh, I like craft beer. Let me see what I could weasel my way into. And then here we are. <laughs> yeah. Jackie and I, you know, we're great together and uh, we definitely started with a, um, a big hops account and we, you know, grew it into helping some breweries across the country and mm -hmm. a lot of different adjacent um, market uh, products and brands as well. And we saw the need for CBMAs and we said we have all the skills that it takes to, to put the thing together. Um, and, and we were definitely blessed with uh, presenting sponsor Hillebrand. Mm -hmm. uh, they're one of the biggest keg logistics companies in the world. They're known as the Bev Pros. And they were able to like support us and, um, you know, help us along uh, as well. Yeah. So, and since then we have a bunch of great new sponsors. If you click on our sponsors page and all of the partners really able to help us build the, what we have now. Yeah, it really takes all that partnership to make things work, just like there's collaborations in craft beer and, exactly. you know, brewers helping each other out when they get going. Same thing happens here, I'm sure. I, Jackie and I say all the time, that's the whole reason we're in this industry. It's um, it's unlike anything we've ever seen. We come from various backgrounds, but the camaraderie between breweries 
it's unheard of and you could have a new brewery open right up the block and instead of you know seeing them as competition they'll yeah. lend each other kegs and ingredients and that that part i do love that's a really great one i'm i'm always curious about how when people start new businesses or entrepreneurs and creating new things how um you also can make if, if it's like your sole income as you're doing it, or if you have other jobs on the side. This is our side hustle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is our side hustle, whether we like it or not. Um, hopefully the next year or two, we'll be able to strictly focus on this because it is doing very well. But no, we both have our full-time stuff too. So it's it's a long, it's a long day for both of us. <laughs> But that's, you know, that comes from the passion and our love for beer and our love for everything that we built. And the I, I'll tell you, the first time we started to see the submissions come in, I, I couldn't believe like we're in the industry and we've seen so much great work, but we could not believe I was speechless. Yeah. And in the second year as well. And if, if you visit the website and you click on the winner's galleries, it's an easy way to see the past winners and it's great inspiration you know for new work and to even find maybe what you want to enter this year there's so many brewers and brewery owners and all the other people that are in the industry too that the the people who are owning the breweries are also working a full-time job while building the brewery while brewing and it's, it's crazy the passion that's there to like make people want to do all that so yeah, it's great. I mean, like they're saying there's 8,000 breweries right now and there's 1,200 more coming. And Jackie and I, we're out on Long Island in New York and people are always being like, oh, did you go to this brewery yet? We, we have 70 breweries now and there's more popping up, one directly across the street from Jackie's house. So yeah. it, it's insane. It's almost like I feel guilty, but and sometimes we get a little bit of grief, not really, but like we're, our home base is Denver. And so we really haven't done a whole lot of touring around like Fort Collins or Boulder or Colorado Springs because Denver and the surrounding area of Denver has like 200 breweries. So it's like, we've got so much. Yeah. yeah, There's so much there to explore. Yeah. Well, and that's everywhere across the country. We're out, we're in Austin, Texas right now. And we hadn't been here for about two years. It was pre pandemic that we were last year. And my gosh, there were probably at, a couple of years ago, there were probably 20 or so breweries. And now it's like everywhere I turn, there's, I didn't see that one before. didn't see that one before. And most of them are new and, and lots, even like you guys started your awards show and ended up doing a lot of that work during the pandemic. A lot of breweries have popped up during that time too. It's, it's amazing. The, the tenacity that people have to make it through such tough times that we had over this last year or yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, that the irony was Jackie's and I his last trip before pandemic was Denver. And then that was our last trip in September. So it, yeah, our it first was just trip like back in the air. Yeah. Time warp of like, wow, we were just here, but two years ago and the world kind of stopped. Yeah. Yeah, you'd it felt like you were just there because you had been nowhere else in the meantime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Do you guys have like a beer that kind of brought you into it? Like just a beer that really started thinking like, wow, I actually like this thing. Was there that initial? Turned you on to the craft beer scene? Yeah. For me, I mean, you might as well start with me because it goes all the way back to like, you know, probably 1988. I started traveling around with the Grateful Dead and someone had introduced me to uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, the little green bottle. 
Yeah. And I mean, within one sip, it was, it blew my mind. And I, this is probably like my first real introduction to a, a hop forward beer. And from there, I, I, that was it. I, yeah. I used to drink Heineken exclusively and I had been on the craft beer trail. I had no idea that he was going to say that, but mine was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as well. No, yeah, he was going there, but I think that's everybody's kind of first grab. Um, you know, once you're you're realizing you like beer to kind of try some new stuff. And then I moved to upstate New York, which has a lot of um, great craft breweries that I kind of got a little bit more, you know, exposure to it. And, and I'm an IPA drinker, too. Um, so I think, yeah, Sierra Nevada will, will give them <laughs> credit times, too. Back here. then you also had uh, Pete's Wicked Ale. Yeah, I remember that. And New Belgium had just kicked out. New Belgium. And, you know, that's great because one of our judges is Pete Slosberg. He's the one who invented Pete's Wicked Ale. And we have um, a bunch of really cool people as judges. Uh, we just got David Carson. He's famous in the industry. And we got Ralph Stedman. He's one of the most famous artists in the whole world. So a lot of people are, you know, pretty psyched to enter just to get their work sort of critiqued by these people, John Contino. I mean, if you look at the list, it's so impressive. That's awesome. So how many of those like big name judges said, but I got to get some beer out of this deal. <laughs> That's the one thing we don't get out of this. We don't right. get beer. We don't get bribed with beer. We got nothing. That is the one <laughs> oversight. <laughs> Everyone asks, where do we send the beer? I'm like, no, this is strictly a visual critique. But now that I think about it, it could help. Could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie and I, we just go through the list and you have to see our hit list of like beers and breweries that we need to taste and visit. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to take the rest of our life. But yeah, that try. coolest taproom category. I think we saved uh, every entry to our desktop. Like, okay, here's the bucket list. <laughs> right. That's it. That's exactly how yeah, you do that. Yeah, that ambiance of the brewery and that that's huge. I mean, that's a huge part of the experience. That's very yeah. cool. Okay, so what do people need to know about the CBMAs if they want to enter into the category? Uh, the deadline for entries is January 14th. That's the biggest date that you want to remember. Um, we've got over 40 categories, everything you could think of. If you have another idea, let us know. Um, but yeah, entries are rolling in. Competition is going to be tough. It's global again. Um, you can enter at a regional or global level for most categories, which is cool. So you can win your region, but you can also win for the world. Um, and then our fingers crossed again, our ceremony, uh, will hopefully happen this year at CBC in, where are we going? Minneapolis. Minneapolis um, yeah, in, in May. So those details are still coming, but looks like we're going to do that virtually and in person so that everybody can take part. And where do they go to enter? What's, what's your social media sites, your websites and all that? Mm -hmm. Craftbeermarketingawards.com. You click on categories. You can go through and enter directly in there. Uh, we're big on Instagram and Facebook, Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Um, so follow us on there. Very cool. cool. We're excited to hopefully be at CBC. Ken was there actually in Denver. Sad we didn't yeah. like hook up in Denver this time. Yeah. We're excited. Uh, cool. To, yeah. That would have been great. We're excited to hopefully be there in Minneapolis and... We can check out the awards then too. That'll be awesome. Yeah, you guys should definitely bus. come by. We will, uh, we'll have some beers on the RV. Yeah. Oh, there speaking of, I was almost going to end it with our one favorite question, but I have another one. You guys have a podcast as well. Yeah. I, when you check out craftbeermarketingawards.com, 
uh, click on our Marketing on Tap podcast. Jackie and I, um, I think we're up to episode 18, and we have on a lot of uh, people that we've met in the past, uh, past winners, uh, past entrants, and um, just some good friends. And we talk about marketing and beer and uh, we talk about their past wins and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool so to help you uh, hear people's creative process and what differentiates between all of them and where ideas came from. Um, you know, one of the guys we had on from Alternate Ending Brewing had a really cool story about, you know, taking over a movie theater. It's, it's just cool stuff that we learn. A lot of insights and information that you really can't find in a lot of spots for people like us who are in a real niche craft beer marketing. I mean, I would say even if you're not into marketing per se, you're going to learn so much just from listening to that podcast. Yeah. yeah. Especially for all the beer nerds out there that just love everything about beer. Oh, yes. Hold now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Like that's all of us here. All right. Yep. We have one final question for you, and it is simple. If you were a beer, what beer would you be? And why? I'll go first because it's super simple. I would definitely be like a double dry hop, double IPA because <laughs> that's just what I love. I love everything <laughs> that has just a lot of hops in it. I love that plant. I love everything about it. And uh, I just think uh, once people really, we call it the uh, Lumpalin threshold shift and that's once you've really had that IPA flavor and can appreciate it, you, you just can never have enough. So Jim, how would you tie that beer into your personality? Are you uh, a little happy and bitter? Definitely, <laughs> Jackie will admit, I can definitely be a little bitter, but uh, yeah, I guess just small and fizzy and happy. <laughs> I was going to say big, bold and bitter, but. <laughs> All right, say your answer again. Because I can edit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Big, bold, and bitter. <laughs> oh, my God. I think, I mean, if I had to answer, I'm an IPA drinker, but I feel like maybe it's just the season. I feel more like an amber. I like to just be cozied on the couch and just have, like, you know, fire going, and that reminds me of an amber. So I think that's that's what I'd go with for this one. If it was yesterday, I would have definitely went with sour, but... Uh... <laughs> 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 not a not a good day yesterday there jim no <laughs> but no we love sours too though oh yeah very cool i think we're good no this was awesome thank you so much for having yeah. us on yeah um, thanks for what you guys do and we're all out there spreading the good word of craft beer and i definitely looking forward to having a beer in person yeah, absolutely that'd be great absolutely we're, you never know whether it be in minneapolis at uh cbc or on the east coast sometimes when we're out there yeah let Come us know when you're by. We'll we'll definitely meet up. Definitely. Cool. Very cool. I love it. All, All right. right. Well, Jim Since and Jackie, thanks for joining us. And I would just like to say cheers and let's hope for a wonderful in-person award show this time yes. in Minneapolis. So and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, guys. Right. Thank you very much. Have a great one. So I'm totally a geek on everything beer and like the marketing side of it too is very interesting to me. But what I found really interesting from this conversation is you guys, we did this recording over Zoom and so you guys didn't see them, but you can hear from Jim and Jackie talking about their experiences and stuff that there's probably a little bit of a gap in age between the two of them. They said that. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, I was trying to be nice. But they said that. Nice. But yeah, they did say that outright. There's a gap between them. But what I found really interesting is that they had the same kind of gateway beer to craft which was Sierra, Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. 
which is that little green bottle is what you think of. It's not a green bottle, it's a brown bottle, but you think of it as the little green bottle because it has the, the bright green label. And that Sierra Nevada Pale Ale label stands out. That's marketing. And whether it was 40 years ago or 10 years ago or today, that marketing is holding up really well. And that's what that's what's really important about these things is that, you know, as much as the beer needs to be good and, you know, you want to find a connection, somebody needs to put it out there so that you see it and notice it. But really, who was it that came up with that message? Who got the message out there about Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale that made everybody want to drink that beer? I don't know. That got it out there. Should I know? Somebody, I don't know. Maybe you don't need to, but I think probably the person who came up with that label, that idea... Would maybe, probably would like to be noticed because maybe you like know, to be recognized. Ken Grossman is often noticed because he's the founder of Sierra Nevada and he was the brewer, you know, the guy that came up with that beer and he gets recognized for that. And rightfully so, of course. Did he do it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe that's it but, right there. You is... know, that's I think that's something, though. That's the thing is that we all like to be recognized when we do something we're proud of. Right. And so I think that's what makes this kind of cool, too, is like there's a lot of things we like about beer and we do recognize the brewers a lot and the breweries. And and even in a lot of ways, we recognize the people that work in the in the tap rooms and stuff like that. I mean, maybe not with an award. I don't think there's an award for that, but <laughs> maybe there should be. There are local awards. There's an sure. idea for that. Uh, there are a lot of local awards. Yeah. For that. But we, you know, we tip them a lot of times and things like that or say thank you and all these things. But So you're basically <laughs> saying like what Jim and Jackie have done and created here. And I love that it's because their passion is there and it's a side hustle. So they're really trying to turn this into something. Mm -hmm. But what they're doing, though, is just giving that recognition that, that it needs, you know, some things need to be recognized. And they're trying to give that opportunity and that avenue for that recognition. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of people work really hard at that. And um, if you've listened to our interview with um something brewing in brighton colorado the one of the founders of that brewery is actually their head marketer too because he comes from a design background and everything and he, they do some really cool stuff so he does hopefully all... they'll be in the cb mas because they should be he's we <laughs> but, had uh, a short little video that we showed all of the can label design work that he did because he did all the design work on that so i'll link to the video that video in the show notes yeah that's really his strong suit and part of that team is just being the marketing arm but going back to it is just you know we all like to be recognized for things we do that we're proud of and i think it's it's cool to have another element of the craft beer community that gets recognition it's cool because they're largely responsible for why we pick a lot of beers or we pick the place we want to go or where we end up hanging out so can i recognize that i'm um, hungry and thirsty you probably can do that. Okay. So. so can I recognize that it's time to go because maybe our listeners are hungry and thirsty? Although maybe you should so. all be drinking a beer while you're listening to the podcast anyhow. So it maybe is a you... craft beer travel and adventure podcast. So you kind of should have a craft beer in your hand. Unless you're driving, then please don't have true. one in your hand. <laughs> true. That's totally true. Anyhow, it's time to go. I'm starving. I think I'm losing my brain because I'm starving. I all need right. some food. We gotta get April some food, so. Okay. I also need some beer, so buy us a beer. There's a link, you can click it, you could buy us a beer. It'd be really great, we'd give you a recognition. You know how we're talking about awards and recognition? <laughs> we would totally give you recognition for buying us a beer. So Absolutely. send that, yeah, okay. And 
And if you would, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, leave a review. All that good stuff we, really helps us get found and gets the word out about our podcast. So if you're enjoying it, please share it with other people. And with that, I'm just going to say cheers until next time. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.